All right. Hey, it is good to be here. I know people took pictures around this and some of our stuff got offline, you know, shelter a little bit. So I hope you can see uh, and connect with us today. As we're looking at a new series, I thought about what is God laying on my heart for us to look at the next few weeks. And um, one of the things that he impressed upon me was about fear and uh, how we are not to fear because he is with us. And so whatever this new year looks like, we need to remember that God is with us just like he has been in the past. No matter what lies ahead, good, bad, indifferent, God will walk with us no matter where we are. So has anyone ever been scared out there today? Have you ever been paralyzed by fear? Unable to take another step? And I thought about that for me when I was younger. Um, and would like to hunt when I could walk years ago. I was, well, I was old enough to drive, so I was 16 or 17, probably 16, and went out to our farm to go do some hunting, and early in the morning got up, daybreak is just coming up. I wanted to get out to my spot where I wanted to be, and as I'm walking along, just thinking, not even singing, just kind of being quiet, all of a sudden I hear this growl, and I just immediately stopped. And I see these golden eyes looking at me, but not just one pair, several pair. And it's a coyote with her pups that's made a, a den. And I don't know if they were newborn or pretty young because she was nursing them. And I'm thinking, hmm, I think I'll just uh, walk right on by and keep talking and going, right? Slowly backed away. Um, you know, that was interesting. Another time when I was a youth director years ago, we were playing, uh, we had a camp out with our youth and we were playing capture the flag or they were playing capture the flag. I was smart enough by that point in time to realize that's not my game. I'll just be here by the campfire and, uh, when somebody wins or settle disputes. And so we had all but one boy who was always the one child that was always, I don't know, head in the clouds. Is that the way to say it? We've all had those. Uh, so I went out and hollered him. He didn't respond. I think he was just playing around. And then um, he was relatively close to where I was. And as I walked out to find where he was going, uh, I stepped right next to a wild turkey, bedded down. Now, if you've never seen a turkey fly, they don't take off quick, sort of quick. But they are noisy as a train, and they are big. And this thing went right over the top of my head that its feet clipped my hair. Um, that was another time my heart rate finally came back down. But when I think about being scared to the point of unable to take another step, terrified, those are just a couple times in my life. We've all been terrified of different things. We're going to begin a four-week series in sermons called Fear Not. Now, fear is something that the Bible says a lot about. The command fear not appears in, in the New Testament or in the Bible more than 365 times. So if you really want to have a great time, go look up fear not or, or something along uh, those commands in one form or another and read one each day if you want. Fear not. From Genesis to Revelation. It is specifically given to dozens of different individuals, to groups, of people in a variety of circumstances. And it's very clear that God doesn't want us, his people, to fear in the face of adversity or decision. But often you and I respond in fear. 
Our world is responding in fear in everything that we do and say today. So what can we do about this? And is there a better way as we try to figure our own self out and try to help others come to know God, to come to walk with him when they are faced with such great a fear in their lives? We begin our Fear Not series with Paul's advice to Timothy, his son in the ministry, in 2 Timothy. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to 2 Timothy 1.7. And we're going to look at his encouragement here. And it simply says this, for God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control or self-discipline. Depends on what translations you use, uh, maybe even timidity. And we'll talk about those a little later, what all it means. Some translations use timidity instead of fear, but it's all the same. Some, the original Greek word can mean fear, timidity, cowardice. They all kind of apply here. And by the way, this is the only time this Greek word is used in the New Testament. Now the idea is there elsewhere, of course, but, but this word is very special and unique. Um, and so that's why it's hard to translate. A spirit not of fear, not of timidity, not of cowardice. If, if fear doesn't come from God, where does it come from? Bible tells us the beginning of wisdom starts with the fear of the Lord. So, okay, Glenn, what does that mean? I, how, do I, how do I figure that out? What's the difference when we should fear God and then you're telling us we should fear not? You know, one of the important differences is to recognize that there's both a healthy and unhealthy fear. Understanding the difference will help us interpret God's daily reassurance uh, to fear not. So today we're going to consider a few things. First, let's consider a healthy fear. Healthy fear. Healthy fear can literally save your life, can keep you out of trouble. My healthy fear did not uh, step on the coyote and her pups. Pretty smart. Uh, the best course of action I did, I backed up quietly and went around another way to my stand. You know, there are a lot of verses that go hand in hand and a lot of people just go into where angels fear to tread, as we say sometimes. But have a healthy sense of fear. It can heighten and sharpen your senses. You can become on alert, and in, which in many situations is a great benefit. But a person's internal fight or flight mechanism, that, that core natural response to situations that we find ourselves in, like running from the girl, walking back from the coyote and pops, really running, getting into an accident, having an earthquake near your home. You can think of things that all of us have experienced in our life that cause that momentary crisis of fear. Whether we call it fear or common sense, there's a healthy fear in life, again, that can be beneficial for us to recognize. Now, now think about this. As followers of Christ, a healthy fear of the Lord is not only beneficial, but it's biblical. A healthy fear of the Lord is not only beneficial, but it's biblical. Proverbs 1, 7 says it this way. Solomon says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Now, that Hebrew word there means reverence for fear, awe, um, which is important when we consider healthy posture towards the Lord God. It's good and right to hold him in a place of awe and reverence. I think we've lost some of that sometimes. He's the creator and sustainer of the entire universe. He owns it all. He's the owner of this divine place in which we live. And we should have an awe and reverence for him. As David writes in Psalms 5, 7, he says, I will bow down towards your holy temple in the fear of you. It doesn't mean he was afraid of God, but in all of you, in honor of you, in, 
in that posture again of the healthiness of that. And Solomon writes in Proverbs 9, I think it's verse 10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The Proverbs, you can read through all those. You know, David had a healthy fear of the Lord throughout his life, and Solomon knew that the fear of the Lord was the beginning of both knowledge and wisdom. Divine reverence for you and me brings understanding. Remember what John said in 1 John 4.18, There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. The world in which we live today, that's a good verse to remember. It's hard to love those that are unlovely. And there are lots of unlovely people now doing unlovely things, saying unlovely things, people that don't stop and think about what's going on in their lives, just reacting instead of contemplating and responding. For those of us that call Christ as our Lord and Savior, we should respond instead of react. For there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. So that's healthy fear. Now consider unhealthy fear. Unhealthy fear can paralyze or deteriorate you. It's, it's not God's heart for you. Remember he said God gave us a spirit, not a fear, but a power and love and self-control. God wants us to grow in a relationship with him, with the local church and a relationship with fellow believers. Ultimately in our faith, that journey to be made holy, that sanctification Bible word we hear, that process that goes on, the closer we become to God through walking with Jesus, the more attributes like him we exhibit. So James says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete and lack nothing. In James 1, 2 through 4, God wants us to persevere. He wants us to finish the race so we will be mature and complete and not lack anything. In our world today, there are many potential problems and difficulties that inflame fear. You don't believe me? Turn your radio on, turn your TV on, read the newspaper. Maybe you're like me. I've just kind of gone off news for a while and just try to hit highlights, and I still get angry and frustrated. And I'm thinking, God, where are you? It's time for us as a church to move outside our doors into the world around us, and it's going to begin with a one-on-one connection with people, not from preaching over the Internet, not from sitting in this room, growing in the faith of where we are with God. The unhealthy fear that we all face. Remember the early church faced all kinds of scorn and persecution, even death. Now I can't say that we face death in our society, but it does come in some Christians' societies. It may even get to ours someday, but the potential is there to experience ridicule and bullying for our faith in Christ. And we are seeing that now more than we ever have. In our world, in our country especially. Your allegiance to Christ makes you an enemy. Also, don't forget to the prince of this world. You know, as Romans 8 says, the powers and, and principalities, the spiritual wickedness of the high places, they all oppose our faith. In the face of earthly and eternal enemies, the Lord reminds us, do not fear, for I am with you those powers and principalities. All those things 
out there, the people that we come in contact with that makes us fear. They can rob us of the joy and paralyze us from moving forward to what God has called us to do. Instead of a spirit of fear, the Bible says we've been given a spirit of power, love, and self-discipline. And that's where I want to kind of focus this morning. So we're going to look at these three words and how they help strengthen our faith from healthy fear, unhealthy fear. Now, how do these three words help strengthen our faith to overcome fear? 2 Timothy 1.7 says again, For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. The first word I want us to key in on, and by the way, somebody asked me or will ask me, some of my translation, my translation has spirit capitalized. Is that the Holy Spirit? Or is that just a spirit within me? Or is that just what? And there's lots of discussion on that. I think the answer is yes and yes. Um, when Paul's writing to Timothy, Timothy, you, your timidness, your spirit within you, it doesn't have to be fearful. Uh, the Holy Spirit is not a fearful. God is not afraid. But he says a power. It's the same Greek word we hear in power here is the same word we get dynamite from. Explosion, compressed, immediate, changing power. So when you see the word power there, understand that's what it means. That Paul uses this to encourage Timothy. It is also the word that Jesus gave us as his disciples in Acts 1.8 when he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. That power, that dynamite, that Greek word there, that explosive power, that's what we have in God. This kind of power leaves no room for fear or doubt in our lives. When a believer has the Holy Spirit working in and through him, there's nothing that cannot be accomplished in agreement with the will of God in our life. As Paul reminds us in Romans 8, 11, if the spirit of him who raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. This is the same power that raises us from the dead, the same power that helps us overcome the fear. Power of the Holy Spirit, the power of God. So if you're experiencing, like we all do from time to time, that unhealthy fear that's hindering from you from experiencing the life that Christ has you destined to live, remember this. You were given the spirit of power. Miracle working, death defying, grave robbing power of Christ in your life. You do all things according to his will, the will of God in your life. But that's not the only word. God gave us not a spirit of, of to fear, but power and love. Look at the word love. Key in on that verse. God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love. Love. Hmm. Now the book of 1 John again reminds us the same word that Paul uses here when he tells Timothy about love. Love that, this is the Greek word agape, the self-sacrificing love, the love that Jesus had for you and me as he went to the cross to die for our sins. For God so loved the world, this is the same love. It's not all the other types of love we have, Greek words for different ones. This is the, the most intimate, the most passionate, the most self-sacrificing, the most giving, the agape form. You could write a whole sermon on itself. But as John 4, 18 reminds us, First John, he says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. 
So when you and I walk in a spirit of love as Christ did, unhealthy fear is driven away from us. Jesus walked to the cross in a spirit of love. We could assume that he walked out of the grave in the same power of that empowered spirit. And don't forget the same spirit that is alive in you. That is the same spirit that Jesus had. So the next time you're experiencing fear or it's associations uh, like anxiety or worry or doubt, check yourself to make sure you're walking in the spirit of love. Here's the final word. Self-discipline, self-control. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but a power of love and self-control. Now, many of us in this room struggle with self-control. If you do, you're in good company. Uh, I have good news to share. It takes a lot of discipline to recognize fear and deal with it appropriately. Now, when he's talking about self-control here, or discipline, he's not talking about, as the Greeks would use, another word he could use, like a stiff upper lip, that it's an internal thing that I can do this. This self-control comes from the power of God in your life, beyond you. It's not your, your gifts and your abilities. You know, we're wired differently personality-wise. Some people are just natural, have natural self-control. Others of us don't think before we run and do things, right? Some of us like, mm, I'm not going to go sledding down that hill. It looks too slick. Hey, watch me. We're the one that bangs into a fence or does those things. and Somebody else misses all the fun, right? Self-control. But this kind of self-control that he's talking about here, this, this self-discipline comes from God, not just what comes from within us. It isn't like that God is, isn't like just God gives us exactly what we need. He does that. Now think about this for, for a minute. It's simply easier to shrug it off and call it a fact of life sometimes. And the issue is the fact of life that God has this power for you, this self-control for you. He wraps up, Paul writes up, he wraps up his words of encouragement to Timothy by reminding him he has been given a spirit of self-discipline, a spirit of, of, of self-control, along with two other things, power and love. We need discipline to take the time to diagnose the fear we're experiencing and how to deal with it. We need to step back and say, okay, God, what's really going on here? God gives us exactly what we need. All three of those ingredients are necessary to this side of heaven. Power, love, self-control. When you really stop and think about that, for all of us who struggle with self-discipline, don't forget this is an area where you've been given power through the Spirit to experience victory. And I thought about things that encourage me because I'm not, I have some self-control and some, and, and I can go for short burst and, and be extreme. I uh, use a Bible app called YouVersion and you can share with people and I'm not, I don't want to share with people what I'm reading, what I'm doing because I don't want to make them feel that way. But I see people on there from our church every week, every day that send a verse of the day or, or read or mark something. There are church folk all over the country, literally even around the world to be, in fact, that use this to, to find self-control in their Bible study. You know, I have mindset to remind me every morning to go off, it's time to read your Bible devotion. 
because what happens to me as your pastor, don't you read the Bible? Sure. But there are times that I need to read the Bible for devotion, not for sermons. Duh. We all need that. I get about doing what is good and forget what about best. That's me. Maybe you're in that boat too. But this little app on your phone, your tablet, computer, all different things, it will just click on and say, it's time. Here's your reminder. Have you read today? And I see people, their little picture there, and it says, so-and-so has just finished this Bible study. So-and-so has just clipped this Bible verse in all hours of the day and night. Because my, that's my life, but all hours of day and night. And it's a lot of other people's lives. And yet they're hanging out in the Word of God. God gave us a spirit of, not of fear, but of power, love, and self-discipline and control. And those are the ones to me that really exhibit self-discipline with a little help. The Bible. And you and I can experience that kind of powerful self-discipline with God. You know, fear can be destructive in our lives, and that's why we need the power and love and self-control to overcome it. You know, we desperately need to check the discipline. <laughs> to check ourselves throughout the day, we need the discipline or the self-control to form new habits and identifying healthy fear and unhealthy fears. We need the abundant power and love in our responses to others. Some of the people have been harsh, even with me. Um, I noticed even lately have jumped into the Bible app and looking and I'm thinking, boy, God, something must have happened in their life. They're really digging into these spots and I pray for them. We all have our fears. But remember, this is not our home. This is a journey we're on that God has us here. That heaven is the home for us that have come to know Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, that love him, that choose to follow him, God gave us exactly what we needed. This side of heaven, he gives us these things. Power, love, and self-control or self-discipline. Thankfully, through Christ, we've been given that power. My challenge for me and for you this week is this. When we begin to feel fear, are we going to take time to identify whether it's healthy or unhealthy? And use power of God, the love of God, and the self-control of the Spirit. Learning to diagnose fear is an important step in dealing with it. Over these next few weeks, we're going to learn about and hopefully ingrain in our hearts some ways to really grab at that and hang on to that and move beyond fear. The healthy fear of all, yes, but not the fear of the world not the fear of our country, not the fear of the things that could happen or won't happen or may happen. But learning to diagnose fear is that important step in dealing with it and learning to deal with it will help us move down the path God has for our lives. Good verse to memorize. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. 2 Timothy 1.7. Let's pray. God, we're connected with you and with each other right now. And Lord, as we've read and studied this passion in this part of Scripture, the passion that Paul had as he wrote his son in the ministry to encourage him, to tell him to fan the flame that was within him, 
is a verse of force, talks about literally like shaking the ashes off the coals. The flame had not gone out, but to shake the ashes off the coals so it would burn brightly again because there is a spirit, not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. God, remind us of that when we face the things in this new world, in this day, and in this new year. May you direct our hearts and our minds to you May you receive the glory and honor and praise in Jesus' name. Lord, I just ask that if there are any out today here or in our hearing this on Facebook or on the web later that will be looking to find you, to find that, that saving knowledge of you, that relationship with you, I just pray that you would do whatever it takes to bring them into that relationship with you, that you would walk with them, encourage them, speak to them that they may come to know you, that they can truly understand what it means to have a spirit, not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. Go with us this week, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.